Well, we're back in Jude again, so if you'll turn your Bibles there to Jude, and we're looking at our fourth study of this little book, and uh, we're going to be looking tonight at Jude, verse 2. And Jude is a book where there's only one chapter, so you always know where you are in the book. Just say the verse, right? Uh, Jude, and uh, we're going to be looking at verse number 2 in a moment. Uh, Danielle and I recently executed our wills. Is that how you say it? Execute. Why do they say it that way? Execute our wills. Is that what they say? doesn't sound good. We, we recently executed our wills. I think that's proper, isn't it? Uh, and um, preparing a will forces you to do certain things. Uh, first of all, it forces you to consider your mortality, uh, that you're going to die. Now, this is a document that they're going to use when you're gone. Uh, and so you think about that. Yeah, it's reminding uh, you that you're not going to be here upon this earth forever. Uh, there is a day coming where you're going to go out into eternity. And uh, that is not always a pleasant thought, but thankfully as a believer, I know where we're going. And I know we're going to spend eternity. But, you know, it also forces you to consider what you have. And at the same time, it may force you to consider what are you going to do with what you have once you're gone. Uh, or I guess a better way of saying it is what's, what are others going to do with what you have uh, when you're gone. Decisions must be made. You have to take stock of what is truly valuable. You know, some things aren't that valuable. It might be valuable to us, but to our heirs, they're going to look at that and say, why'd they keep this garbage around? Or what is this for? And they're going to pitch it. Uh, but other things are truly valuable. Do you know what you have tonight? I mean, if you had to, to, to take out a piece of paper... And list what you have. Now, some of you are you're laughing. If you, how long have you been to y'all's present spot? Since 1955. Wow. I'll tell you what. 1956. Uh-oh. <laughs> <We're> Uh-oh. <laughs> 1956. Stuff has a way of multiplying, doesn't it? Uh, it does, no matter how long you've been at your present location. We've been here a little over three years, and, and it seems like it's a constant process of, of sorting and, and getting rid of things. But could you take out a piece of paper tonight and list out what you have that's valuable? Now, hopefully, you wouldn't start with material things first. Uh, I would hope each one of us, we would list on that, that valuable list, we would list things like our faith in Christ, our family, our freedom, but then somewhere along the way, you would begin to list things that you consider valuable. It might be uh, accounts. It might be stocks. It might be bonds. It might be gold that you have hidden somewhere under a tree somewhere. I don't know. But things that are valuable to you. It may be things that are not valuable to anybody else, but they're valuable to you. It might be a child's drawing that you've kept for many years. Could you do that tonight? But then here's an even greater question. Could you on a list, on a piece of paper list what you have in Jesus Christ. Could you list your spiritual valuables? Do you know what you have? Now, last week we considered this question. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are in Christ? We talked about as believers that were called by the Spirit, were sanctified by the Father, and were preserved in the Son. We talked about who we are in Christ. And tonight we're going to consider some of what we have in Christ. Let's go back and read there. And we'll pick up at verse 1 again. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those, here's last week's, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Now here's tonight, verse 2. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Now Jude mentions here three things again. 
Uh, Jude's a good preacher. He has three-point outlines that work really well. Mercy, peace, and love. And so I thought about these three gifts we're going to talk about tonight that we have in Christ. I couldn't help but think about the, the, the gifts that the wise men uh, brought to Jesus. Remember what they were? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, one old saint that we knew and loved used to sometimes slip up and say gold, frankenstein, and myrrh. But uh, it's frankincense and myrrh. And, and, and perhaps we could think about these tonight as three gifts that are given to us by God because they are. And those gifts are mercy, peace, and love. Now, these are awesome gifts. And we're going to look at each one of them individually. But I want to kind of show you uh, what we have here. So I want to I'll draw a picture. And we'll just, uh, you know, we'll just put a, uh, a smiley face here, ma'am. And, and uh, he's a good-looking fellow, isn't he? But I, I have a purpose for doing this. So we'll put a towel on. We'll make him a fancy fellow there. Okay? And give him a couple arms. And here he is, Mr. Believer. Does he look like a believer to you? <laughs> but there he is, Mr. Believer, uh, a child of God, uh, one who's in Christ. Do you need some ears? Probably should. It's kind of funny. Our son Gideon always puts glasses on everybody he draws. Of course, he's worn glasses for many years. Uh, but here he is, Mr. Believer, and, and he's experiencing these gifts, mercy, peace, and love. The uh, same applies for a lady believer. Now, here's what's interesting. As one, as one writer said, mercy looks upward. Mercy looks upward. That is, it deals with our relationship with God. Mercy looks upward. Whereas, if you look at the verse again, it says mercy, and then what's the second gift? Peace. Peace looks inward. That is, we have peace with God, therefore we're at peace ourselves. And then what's the third gift? Love looks outward. It deals with our relationship with others. Okay, so mercy, we think about it in relationship to our relationship with God. Peace, now of course we have peace with God, but because we have peace with God, we have peace that deals with our relationship with ourselves. And then we have love. Well, love deals with our relationship with others. Of course we love God, but love others. Uh, we have peace with God. We have peace with ourselves. So really, these are really awesome things when you really think about it. Now, let's look at them individually. Now that we've got kind of a broad picture of what we're talking about, our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationship with others, which really, that's pretty much your relationships, right? Relationship with yourself, God, and others. Now, mercy. It says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. What is Mercy. Somebody give me a good working definition of what mercy is. Receiving something we don't deserve. All right. All right. Uh, that's, that's the idea. It reminds us there that we're not getting what we deserve. That's mercy. Uh, maybe you've heard, you know, that uh, maybe somebody pled in court, you know, you know please, judge, be merciful to someone. What does, he, what does that person say? Don't give them what they deserve. Now, do we have mercy as believers? In our relationship with God, God has extended mercy to us. What do we deserve? We deserve hell. Right? That's what we deserve. 
That's what we earn. That's what we uh, are, are due. But God in His mercy didn't give us hell, did He? He gave us heaven. Think about that. He didn't give us hell. He gave us heaven through His mercy. Um, we deserve condemnation. But God gave us forgiveness. Uh, we deserve punishment. But God gave us His grace. Now, let me ask you a question tonight. Aren't you glad that we serve a merciful God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Aren't you glad that His mercy extended to you? I mean, let's think about it. I don't know how old you were when you got born again, but I knew that I needed to be born again, and I resisted God's working in my life. If I had died before the time I placed my faith in Christ, I'd be in hell tonight. I'm so thankful that God extended His mercy to me. And the awesome thing is His mercy is not just a one-time gift. No. Uh, in fact, I want to share some verses with you that, to this evening. Let's turn with them together. Okay, We'll go from verse to verse. Let's do Lamentations chapter 3. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. You find the big book of Isaiah and they go to Lamentations chapter 3. Now, you probably don't use Lamentations very much for your daily devotion, do you? But let's go there tonight. Lamentations chapter 3. And we'll begin reading at verse 22. I want you to think about the mercy of God as we read these passages together. Because, yes, we experience God's mercy at salvation, but not just there. We keep on experiencing God's mercy. Lamentations chapter 3, begin reading at verse number 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. Did you notice that? We, we think about a great hymn. Based on the passage, I mean, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. Notice what it says. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Then we experienced God's mercy today, didn't we? We didn't get what we deserved today. God in grace and mercy. And then you know what? The brethren in the book of Jude that Jude is writing to, they're facing apostasy. They're facing the apostates, those who profess to believe but do not believe, the false teachers. They were in days of apostasy. They needed mercy. And God was giving mercy. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. We'll turn to several passages tonight. It's always good to, to stay uh, sharpened up on finding Bible references, isn't it? We might have a sword drill one of these nights, and I want you to be able to be a competitor and not just lose. Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll find verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. You might want to use this verse even tonight. Let's back up back to the verse 15, and we'll start there. Hebrews 4, 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. By the way, who is the high priest being talked about there? Jesus Christ. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are. You ever think about that? Don't close it up yet. But Jesus Christ faced what you face and what I face. He faced temptation. The Spirit led Jesus up to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So there's no temptations taking you, but such as common demand, the Bible says. But notice the difference. He was tempted as we are, yet what? Without sin. He never sinned. We all have. Let us, notice verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Goes back again. 
Where should we go? Who should we go to in times of need? Go to God. He says, come to me, throne of grace. Come to my throne of grace. Come through prayer. Uh, Listen to Ephesians 2.4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Think about that. God is rich in mercy. And then go to Revelation 1. If you're back in Jude, just turn the page over. And Revelation 1, I want to read a passage there uh, beginning at verse number 4. Notice it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests. Notice that. Then notice verse uh, six there. Uh, uh, to, to his God, excuse me, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so we know that God, Jesus Christ, is faithful, and Jude prays here that they would experience the mercy of God. And we have experienced the mercy of God. And the mercy of God deals with what? It deals with our relationship with God. Uh, We have experienced the mercy of God, our relationship upward. Now, the second gift tonight in Jude is the gift of what? Peace. And we said peace deals with what? Our relationship with ourself. Our relationship with ourself. We said it's the inward look. Now, listen, we only have this gift because we have this gift. It's the only way. If we don't have this, we don't have this. That's why so many tonight are in confusion, unrest, unsettled. Uh, Their lives are a wreck. They're they're searching for this, which is only found here. And many people, instead of finding the Lord and resting in his goodness, they? they try to fill this void with you name it. You deal with it every day in law enforcement. Drugs, sex, alcoholism. Uh, some people take what might be called the high road. They, they become workaholics or uh, chasing career or, or trying to become wealthy or whatever. There's a void that can only be filled by Jesus Christ and through salvation. And so uh, we have peace tonight. I, I hope that you are a believer. And if not, come to him tonight. But as a believer, you should be at peace. Go to John 14. John 14 We'll begin reading there at verse 27. John 14. Well, let's back up to verse 25. John 14, 25. If you have a red letter Bible, you'll notice this is the Lord Jesus speaking here. John 14, 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, notice verse 27. Notice what Jesus says. Peace... I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father. My Father is greater than I. So Jesus says what? Listen, I'm getting ready to go back. I'm, of course, it says that I'm going to send the helper. We find that another place there. But he says, listen, I leave you my peace. My peace I leave to you. 
We don't have to walk around in this world with uncertainty and unrest in our spirit. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a peace that comes even in the midst of storms and trials. You ever been around a believer and they're going through, let's be honest with you, all hell is breaking loose around them. I mean, everywhere you look, they're just being bombarded. But yet in the midst of that, there's a calm repose and a peace. It's that peace the Bible says what passes all understanding. From a human standpoint, it makes no sense. They should be falling apart. But they have a peace. Why? Because they have peace with God. And they trust the Lord. And perhaps this is why he talks about in Jude that this peace is to be multiplied. Uh, one writer said there's a peace of heart when there's no condemnation before God. There's a peace of conscience when there's no controversy with God. There's peace of mind when there's no anxiety about life. And there's peace of action when there's no grit in the machinery. I ask tonight, are you at peace? Yet peace with God and the peace of God. Are you enjoying and experiencing? See, this fellow is. See that smile on his face? I mean, all kinds of stuff. There could be storms and, and all kinds of things going on around him. But he has peace. Why? Because he has the Lord. So we have mercy, our relationship with God. We have peace, our relationship with ourselves. But then we have third tonight, we have love. And love does what? It's the outward look. An upward look, inward look, outward look. It deals with others. Others. And our relationship with others. Now notice what Jude says again. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Some of you think you can't memorize verses. You may have this memorized before we leave tonight. All right? Just a few words here. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Now, as these gifts come together, it's pretty remarkable. Sam Gordon said it this way. Mercy is the inflow. Peace is the downflow. And love is the overflow. That's a lot of flow to take in. Let me say it again. Mercy is the inflow. Peace is the downflow, and love is the overflow. Listen, when we've experienced this mercy and this peace, how can we help and be filled with love? Love for God and love for others. This, what kind of love is this? Well, if you go back in the Greek, it's the word agape, or it's the agape love. It's the highest kind of love. It's Jesus' kind of love. It's an unconditional love. Now, let's look at several love passages tonight. Uh, go back to John 13. You may still be there from the previous uh, John 14 passage. John 13. And again, the Lord Jesus is speaking in John 13. And we pick up the reading there at verse 34. John 13, 34. The Lord Jesus speaking there. And he says this, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you. Now, you have to imagine their ears kind of picked up at that moment, don't you think? A new commandment? Notice what he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you do what? You love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, just stop a moment and take all that in. He says, here's what I'm telling you to do. Love one another like I love you. Okay. Then he says, secondly, there, everybody's going to know you're my disciple. You're my follower because you love one another. Now, let me ask you something. Are there folks tonight? Are there churches tonight uh, that they aren't loving one another? Now, what does that say to the world? They're looking in on that church. It's not a good testimony, is it? They're not showing Jesus' love. And we praise God it's not going on here. Uh, we know that we can all get in the flesh and get carnal and fleshly and, and do that kind of stuff. But God, His grace and mercy has preserved us for a season, and we praise Him for that. 
this is agape love. This is the love that loves the unlovely. This is the kind of love that seeks the highest good for the one being loved, not the one doing the loving. This is the kind of love that's not always a feeling, it's a choice that you make. This is the love that's selfless, it's sacrificial, and it's serving. That's what kind of love it is. Jude prays that this kind of love, he says what in that, in that second verse, said, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied. Multiplied. Now, can you imagine what happens when you have a group of believers, you have a church like ours, and a love of the Lord and a love for others began, begins to multiply, and the overflow takes place, what that can do in a church, in a community, in a place. We're to love as he loved us. He didn't finish. Go to 1 John. How important is love? Go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, and we'll pick up verse 7. In case we're not convinced, let's see what else the Bible tells us to do concerning love. 1 John 4, beginning at verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Wait a minute. Look at verse 8 again. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the appreciation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How many times did he say in there, love one another, love one another, love one another? Get the point of what he's saying there. Love one another. And many times it's the God paid love. It's a choice. I'll be honest with you. There's some folks that are difficult to love. There's some folks that are easy to love. I mean, everybody loves some people. There's some people everybody says, whoo. You know, I hope you're a, a, a lovely person in the sense that people don't have a hard time loving you. But let's be honest with you. We know some people that are hard to love. God says love them. Make the choice. Make the choice to love them. Go to John 15. We're going to back from John to 1 John. John 15. We'll be there for a little bit here. John 15. John 15, beginning at verse 9. The Lord Jesus speaking again. John 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. And notice the next part. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Uh, notice what it says there in verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Drop down to verse 17. Same passage. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now, keep your finger there. We're going to come back to that passage in a moment. But are we understanding what he's telling us to do? Very clear, isn't it? Love one another. Remember 1 Corinthians 13, 13? And now abide faith. Hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is what? Love or charity, as the King James had it. Do you think after all that, and that we just looked at somebody, do you think God cares about love? <laughs> Absolutely. God is love. And the only reason we love God is because he first loved us. The only reason we love other people is because he first loved us. 
I ask again tonight, do you know what you have in Christ? Do you know who you are in Christ? Do you know the wonderful riches that are ours? We have mercy, peace, and love in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be rightly related to God, to yourself, and to others. And what did he say in that John passage? That brings joy, doesn't it? Joy. Now, are you experiencing and enjoying these gifts? Do you have the gift of mercy? That is, you've experienced the mercy that comes uh, by accepting Christ as your Savior. Are you enjoying that mercy day by day and new every morning? Are you at peace with God and therefore at peace with yourself? And then, are you in love with God and love other people? It's real simple, isn't it? It comes down to the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment is to love the Lord thy God, right? And the great commission is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's true love. It comes down to this. Love God, love others. I mean, if they could say that, we talked about wills at the beginning. When you pass from this place... And if you precede us and we meet for your funeral, if we could say these words about you, you know what? They really loved God and loved others. You think your life would have been a true success? You think your life would have truly honored the Lord? It's real simple, isn't it? Love God, love others. Now, the people Jew were writing to were living in days of apostasy. But even in the midst of that, they were not excused from doing what God's called them to do. And neither are we. We live in dark days, beloved. We live in wicked days. We live in days where sin abounds. But in the midst of our wicked world, we're to be experiencing mercy, peace, and love. Now, here's the question. How? Maybe you're there tonight and say, well, how? How do I appropriate these things? It's one thing to talk about them. How do I appropriate them? Do you leave your finger there in John 15? I want to go back there. John 15, 9 through 13. Let's look again at what it says in that passage. John 15, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Now, notice the next part. Abide in my love. Now, don't close it up. But stop for a moment. Don't answer out loud. How do you abide in his love? Just think about it for a moment. And then read the next verse. If you keep my commandments, you'll do what? You'll abide in my love. Now, we all thought it was some kind of warm, fuzzy thing, didn't we? Or some kind of thing we can't touch or some kind of mystical thing. Jesus says, listen, if you want to abide in my love, keep my commandments. Notice what he says. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So it's real practical, isn't it? We get ourselves in trouble when we don't keep his commandments. And when we go our own way. He says in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. You ever think about that? God wants you to be a joyful person. That means full of joy. I don't mean just laughing at character. I mean, he wants your life to be filled with joy. We've talked many times about the difference between happiness and joy, right? Happiness can come and go. You're up one moment, down the other. Uh, you know, you've got great news on the phone. Fifteen minutes later, you've got terrible news at work. I mean, you're up and down. Them, but there's that joy, that sustaining joy that's found only in Christ. In the midst of no matter what's happening, there's that peace and joy that's there. And he wants our joy to be full. This is my commandment. Okay? He just said, abide in my love, right? And keep my commandments. Look at verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, how did he love us? Well, look at verse 13. 
Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. How did Jesus demonstrate his love toward us? He died for us. He was buried for us. He arose again for us. There's no greater love. Do you know what you have in Christ? I ask again. You know, and we'll close with this thought. So many of us, so many believers are living, and I mentioned last week, as spiritual paupers. They're like those people you read about in stories who live in squalor and poverty, and they pass and they go in and figure out and find that they've just strode away thousands upon thousands of dollars in their mattress or whatever. They, they have all these things, all these riches, yet they live as paupers. That's the way a lot of believers live. They don't experience the joy-filled, spirit-filled life. They have mercy and peace and love. They're called, sanctified, and preserved. Yet they don't appropriate those things. God wants to appropriate and live these things out. You say, well, how do we do it? Well, we just talked about it. Abide in my love. How do you abide in my love? Keep my commandments. What is the commandment you're talking about? Well, one of them is this. Love one another as I have loved you. Somebody has often said... If you want joy, it's spelled what? J-O-Y. Right? Everybody got that right. I got a hundred on that spelling test, right? But they say, what, what do they stand for? Remember the little acrostic? Jesus, others, and you. In that order. That's joy. Jesus, I guess I should have wrote it this way, right? Jesus, others, and and you. Now I ask again tonight, and we're going to close, and I'm going to let you out really early. Don't get used to it, but I'm going to let you out early tonight. Do you know what you have in Christ? Do you know who you are in Christ? Jude says, listen, I want this to be multiplied. It's not just, well, I love yesterday. I really showed love to those people yesterday. So I want to be multiplied. Love again tomorrow. Love again today. When you wake up tomorrow, love again. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. You have great riches in Christ. Let's pray. Father, it is with grateful hearts that we bow again in your presence and we praise you for mercy, peace, and love. We can have a right relationship with you, ourselves, and others. Help us to enjoy, experience, appropriate, and rejoice in these great gifts But even greater, help us to rejoice in the giver. Help us to rejoice in Christ. Help us remember who we are and what we have. Help us to have joyful lives as we abide in your love by keeping your commandments and loving others. Dismiss us now in thy care and thy love. Watch over us. Be with us. Help us in all things to honor Christ. In his holy and precious name we pray. Amen.